everyone, and welcome to Geek Rant, episode 234, Institutionalized Ignorance, recorded April 24th, 2016, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementopie.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the show where we get our geek on, let our geek flag fly, and we speak geek fluently. Just trying them all out to see what fits. At least occasionally. I am your host, Mark, the Sultan of the Soapbox Cockerel. And joining me this week, as always, are your two stalwart co-hosts, Chris, the Command Line Godfather Neves, and Seth, the Gooey Kid Anderson. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, Mark, and everyone out there in TV or internet land. I hope you had one heck of a week. And welcome, everyone. We love you. Okay. That's so Sorry, nice. that was That's all I had. It, you know, I just try to let something come out there fresh, and sometimes it just is a little too fresh. It needs to go back in. Sorry about that. There's, there's one of my favorite albums okay. from the early 90s uh, from a band called Believer, and at the end of the last track, it fades to silence, and then uh, the lead singer says, take care. We love you. Bye-bye. And for some reason, that <laughs> came to my mind when you said that. It made my heart feel all warm and fuzzy. You know, I think they make a... Uh, medication for that. You just kind of rub it on the skin. <laughs> it, it helps make that go away. It's like a good MLT, mutton, lettuce, and tomato. So, <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, moving uh, quickly into the uh, the inane babble, um, my experimentation with quadcopter flying uh, has hit yet another milestone. Quad number two is gone. I was, uh, I intentionally this time, I took it out to an area. Um, it was very windy. And the idea was, how am I going to learn to fly in the wind if I don't fly in the wind? So um, I was doing pretty well. A big gust of wind came. I was flying as hard as I could against it. This little toy quad just wasn't powerful enough to fight against the wind. It blew into a tree. I could see it. Not a big deal. So I crested the hill over to this tree thinking, well, I'll just knock it down. But what I didn't know is the tree was growing out of the backside of a hill that was like 40 degrees straight down into a creek. Oops. And there was no way I was going to get that. So I just stared at it. I said a, a silent prayer and I packed up my gear and I walked away. So it's still oh. out there. Somebody out there is going, hey, free quadcopter. Uh, but. If it ever comes that well, not if it when 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 it rains or when there's a strong wind, it'll blow out of the the tree right into the water, and that will be that. Well, is your yeah. contact information on it? Oh no, of course not. You know we talked about that last time, and naturally I didn't do that on the new quad <laughs> because that would be far too reasonable. Okay, just just checking. <laughs> it's all on you then, Mark. But I did. You know what you could do is get one of those little Tasker NFC tokens and say. Owner information with the, the sticker, and you wouldn't even have to add weight to it then. And hope that a Unix nerd or an Android nerd finds it. Well, it's a thought. Yes. Yeah, so Bob, the iPhone user, finds that and goes, well, what's that? <laughs> um, True. But it'd be fun. So I did go ahead. It was time. This one, again, it was my second toy level. I paid 26 or something dollars for it, and it... It, the batteries were held in with a rubber band. I mean, it was time. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't shed any tears on it. Uh, so I bought uh, my next level up. You know, I bought two twenty dollars one, two twenty dollar ones. This one is a hundred and fifty dollar one. So I've moved them to the next level of, oh, of quads. It should be able to fight against a little bit of wind. Still not the you know fifteen hundred dollar variety, uh, but I'm moving up a little bit. Um, 
And I want to say thank you to you here in the audience because I used the money that you'd given me that I've been saving up uh, to do that. So podcast money paid for my new quad, good or bad or indifferent. Cool. Um, this one is a is a much higher quality fiberglass body instead of cheap plastic with uh, brushless motors instead of cheap motors. So Ooh. it should it should perform much better um, in under windy conditions. But it also means that it will probably highlight my ineptitude even more. There's a good chance. Well, no, your ineptitude was caused by the cheapness of the product. So this will allow you to hone your skills to a finer degree. I'm not going to say caused by, I will say exacerbated by. Anytime I tried uh, a, a more advanced maneuver with that one, some sort of rapid direction change, it would just go all wobbly and fall out of the sky. The The gyroscope just couldn't handle it. Um, then again, well, it could be that I just wasn't doing it right. We'll see. We'll find out pretty quick, won't you? Yeah. So I, it was my first purchase from HobbyKing.com. Uh, apparently they're big into the RC world. Um, so I'll let you know what I find out. Cool. Can't wait to hear. So Seth, you ran the fourth of your 12 for 2016, uh, 5Ks and you had a bit of a milestone. Yes. Uh, in addition to being one third of the way finished with my goal, I also was able to break the 40 minute mark. I did it in like 39 minutes and 26 seconds. I was, uh, I was very proud of myself. I made it. Um, I still walk some, but I ran, you know, I, the thing, the thing is, I wonder, could I really have toughed it out because I didn't walk that much and ran the whole thing, but I didn't make it under 40 minutes and I got third in my age class, which I don't think there was many more than three people in my age class, but Hey, I got a bronze medal out of it. So <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's all right. That's good. One of my favorite feathers in my cap is that I once uh, finished third in a citywide chess tournament. I was the third entrant um, <laughs> of three, but uh, that's neither here nor there. A citywide chess tournament, I came in third. So claim that and, and run with it. Yep, it's yours. <laughs> um, you mentioned this last week, Chris, that you we would did some allergy testing. Is oh. that was that the uh, the the scratch test variety? It was the f two days and scratch test injection test and every other possible allergy type test that you could i was a swollen mess for two days um and i, I found out lots of things under my skin Sorry. <laughs> oh i was very they was very under my skin uh let's just say that uh there's a reason i chose it as a field of of work and not anywhere outside because outside is like allergy land and i don't want to go outside yeah. So, uh, did you find anything you didn't already know? Uh, I did find out that some of the allergens I had, uh, weren't actually allergen. I'm not allergic to them. So I'm not sure why I still react to them. So I'm not too sure about that. The doctor didn't have a good word other than it might be all in my head. Huh? There's got to be There's, something in there. You know. Yeah. You know, maybe, uh, some days I wonder. <laughs> All right, just uh, just a brief uh, uh, nerd cred. I have purchased, pre-purchased my tickets to uh, the Civil War, uh, Marvel's latest thing. Uh, Chris, I'll let you know, you know, six weeks when it gets there, what it's like. <laughs> but it's opening next weekend. Uh, I bought matinee tickets for Saturday, so I'll let you know on Sunday what I thought of it. Nice. Spoiler-free, of course. Of course. Thank have, you, sir. Have you seen uh, Batman Superman yet? I, I haven't, and, and it's already gone from most of the theaters around here. I mean, it, it, it's like at one... 10 30 p.m showing or something so that's probably gonna end up having to be a, a dvd for me hmm. 
Unless I can I'm find the it same at the Dollar Theater or something. Yeah, there. I went to try and find it uh, this weekend, and not a single place up here had it playing anymore. So I'll have to catch it when it goes to, yeah. you know, Netflix or Amazon or something. Force Awakens was in the theater until like twelve minutes before it came out on DVD. Um, Batman <laughs> versus Superman made it about three weeks. That that has to say something about the movie. Yeah, it kind of does. I mean, it only made eight hundred million dollars, so you know, right. Which was, you know, Avatar's like opening night or something. It, it's it's crazy to think that that's really not a whole lot of money. Yeah, with the price of tickets these days. I went to uh, to a mall just to, just to take the kids, just to get them out of the house and go do something. We went to a mall that we hadn't been to and just, you know, they, they had an AMC theater there. Oh, great. We'll go see My Big Fat Greek Wedding too. We loved the first one. It's a great cheesy family movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I go to buy my tickets, and it's uh, pick your seat. I was very surprised by that. Uh, that's that's unusual. And I uh, so we we picked the seats and went in there. And it was uh, we stumbled into it. It was one of those places with the big recliner seats with the the drink holder in each arm, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just the best theater experience I'd ever had. And it wasn't even their big theater. It was you know my big fat Greek wedding too. It wasn't uh, in the same you know category as as the the big things that are out right now. Uh, but it was still, even that, even one of their ancillary third-level theaters was the best movie theater experience ever, So uh, for me anyway. So uh, it, it beats even like the, the studio movie grill or the movie tavern that I like to go to. Um, and when we left, my kids were like, every time we go to a movie, we have to come here. Like, well, I appreciate that, but it was fifteen dollars for a matinee per person, so I don't think I'm going to be doing this often. Um, Ooh. Yeah, it was steep. That's wow. a that's a very steep. I, I think I would have walked away from that one. Well, it was one of those things that I was at the little kiosk and I had picked my seats and and then I put my card in and then it told me how much it was. And at that point, oh. I already had four girls behind me ready to go into the movie, so I, sure. I couldn't very well say, "Oh no, sorry, uh, Dad's a tightwad." Um, <laughs> well, yeah, maybe I wouldn't have done it then at that point, but uh, that that's that would have hurt. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I have five people. Fifteen bucks. You do the math. Oh, yeah. Movie it, it, movie going is expensive for me. Adds up quick. I'm close to you. I only got it's only four for me. So, right. um, and then you know I I quibble over this app that costs ninety three cents. Uh, <laughs> it's it's odd the things that we'll spend money on the things that we want. And Seth, I got no way to lead you into this. Some traditions deserve to live. Yes, I waited until the night that te- my taxes were due <laughs> to file them, even though I knew I was getting back money. But you know. Why do your taxes in January when you can wait till this year? It was April the 18th, but uh, I did. The, I was bummed because the website I use, um, I couldn't do it for free this year. And so I wasn't. And then I realized I had to pay for it because you couldn't do um, itemized deductions without it. So I was bummed that that cost me money. But, you know. Anyway, that's what I get for waiting till the last minute to do my taxes, I guess. But, you know, it's kind of become the thing for me. Put it off to the last minute, and uh, that's what I did. So, yay, I paid my taxes. At least you did it online. You weren't one of those people in line at the post office at 1150. The only reason is because you can't find the forms anymore. The post office doesn't carry the forms anymore, so I have to do it online. You can download the forms and print them. Then I would have to hook up my printer, and with the cost of ink, that's like $75 a page. Yes. And that's just, I mean, I came out cheaper doing it online and paying than trying to print out the forms. All right. 
yeah, that's that's about right. I know. Uh, does your did you try the public library? I know the forms used to be there. You okay. can uh, Xerox. They have a like a a book, or at least the last the time master. I went, and you could you could mimeograph them. They were the clear ones. Mimeograph you, like the the roll the thing through the the ink. Yeah. There you go. No, you could Xerox them on the Canon documents. <laughs> Photocopy is the word you're looking for. Uh, that's funny. Um, all right, let's move right on to a little bit of uh, feedback from our listeners and a fellow from uh, from South Africa who says, if I could speak Afrikaans, I could uh, say his name right, but says that Teeny is about as close as an American is going to get. Frankly, I take offense to that. Teeny, if you would send it to me in some way, if I can hear it, I can mimic it. I'm pretty good at that. Uh, but all I have is Teeny. Uh, and I did Google, I did how to, how to pronounce and there was nothing. Actually, there was one website that had like five different variations and, uh, and I. <laughs> Who, who am I going to go? Anyway, uh, Teeny says, Mark and the gang, I just wanted to say hello from sunny South Africa. I really enjoy your podcast, even the rambling parts. That's all of it, Teeny. Yeah, pretty um, much. Been listening since before the name change, and I also have a love-hate relationship with Linux. It's a long story that I won't bore you with here. Keep up the good work, guys. So thanks, oh, thanks. Teeny. We appreciate that. That's awesome. Yeah, how long have you been listening to our show if you didn't include the long, boring story? I mean, that's, that's our entire podcast, man. Yeah, come on. You shortchanged this episode now. Gee, now we'll have to actually do some work. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. Um, <laughs> and then Kurt offers up a good slash bad recommendation in, in, the, in the vein of things that are so bad they're good. He says, hi, guys. A retired Unix sysadmin. I really appreciate your show. You have the right balance of tech, opinion, life, and fun. You guys talk about how you enjoy goofy, silly, semi-bad movies and television shows. I have a recommendation for you. I think you'll get a hoot out of a web series, The Legend of the White Tiger. It's a spoof of a 70s martial arts movie and consists of four five-minute episodes. In one of it's one of the many uh, Channel 101 web shows. Some shows are absolutely awful, but other but one or two are gems. Uh, this was one of the good bad ones. Here's the link: <laughs> channel101.com/show/slash/four thirty-four. Keep up what you're doing, Kurt from Stanhope, New Jersey. I uh, I have this bookmarked because I want to actually watch it. And if they're only five minutes long, I think I can I can give up twenty minutes of my life. I mean, you had me at seventies martial arts. I yeah, mean, that I too. Was, I was there. I mean, I I grew up watching KDFI Dallas Fort Worth Channel Twenty Seven on your UHF dial, uh, doing all the old uh, Chinese and Japanese uh, kung fu movies, uh, and then on Saturday and then on Sunday afternoon it would be kaiju movies, uh, Godzilla, Mothra, yep. King Kong. So yeah, that, that you're talking my language now, my friend. I'm all over it. Uh, I almost didn't come to the show tonight and watch them. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Uh, and it was so amazing when I got uh, a little older uh, in life and I realized that those movies were actually in color. I didn't own a color television sh- set until my roommate brought one to college. I mean, that's that's my life. Um, I didn't know that those kung fu movies were in color. Um, and uh, it was just, it was a little bit of a, and that Godzilla was in color, at least some of them, not all of them. So it was just one of those eye-opening moments for me. I wonder, are these shows in color? The, we'll have to find out. Channel101.com. <laughs> Man, you know. I love the the classic martial arts movies, but unfortunately, the martial arts genre has come so far that they're almost the 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 cheesy ones. They'll always be watchable because of their cheese factor. But the ones that were good at the time are just bad. 
today yeah. because you know you you watch them do the moves and you can see where they do like one two three pause and then like it's what's the next one one two three moves pause and then one two three pause and then they'll, they're cutting the camera angle here so they paused it and then come back up there and it was just like these you know crouching tiger hidden dragon the matrix things like that and now you go back and watch those old shows which were great back then and just like dude i I can't believe I liked that. So I was uh, <laughs> I was disappointed um, with how bad the classics held up, at least the ones uh, I was on a Netflix binge. And uh, I was like, oh, man, kind of hurt my childhood there. Yeah, and you go all the way back to, you know, the 60s stuff. It's part of the charm of it is the we don't even give a crap dubbing. Of right it. you know it's yeah we're we're not even gonna bother to have the character moving his mouth at the time we speak we're just gonna speak and go with it um and that was part of the charm um and you know it's that's so bad it's it's good thing but when you get to the higher budget ones you know like the bruce lee stuff the bruce lee stuff was the pinnacle of its day but you watch it now and it's it's you know it's pretty low rent there's a good chance that these web series are better in many ways so it, yeah, it is. It is. It's both good and bad that the art form has come so far, but it only shows uh, goes to show you that how bad things used to be. Right. I feel the same way when I listen to our old shows. When I go back to you know <laughs> last week, uh, you know, yeah, anything you know pre uh, March, uh, I just feel terrible, and I, it's it's just so it's how far we've come. <laughs> well, and it's amazing the uh, how far even like some of the old music. If you go back to some of the music and you listen to it, you're like, hey, that was really good back then. You know, do you guys have music like that? Where you go back oh, yeah. and you re-listen to something that you bought, you know, 10 years ago, and you're like, why did I spend money for this? <laughs> no, not me. I, I generally still, my my mu musical tastes are pretty well stuck there. Uh, so, you know, I don't have oh, that oh. experience. Uh, I have a couple. Yeah. It's like, really? But it has been when I find a, an old show on Netflix and say, oh, kids, watch this. This was amazing. Oh. Never mind. Never mind everything I just said about how good this used to be. Yeah, it was amazing, kids. <laughs> Trust me. You know, MacGyver is a great example. I still love MacGyver, but only for the nostalgia factor, and uh, just couldn't make my kids enjoy it. And and I don't blame them for it. It was terrible. Uh, they did, however. Uh, we're currently binge watching Quantum Leap, um, and they're all into that. So some of the stuff stands up. Hmm. Quantum Leap. Uh, that was a good one. Yeah. Was. That was a good one. That was I love that show. Um, now I'm gonna have to go back and watch it. Gee, thanks, Mark. <laughs> you're you're welcome. It's it's good stuff. Still stands up. I mean, it was the, part of what I loved about it was it was it was so bad even then, uh, in in a lot of ways. The the cheesy costumes and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. That it just reeked of 80s, um, even in the 90s. So uh, it it still holds up in that you know the everything's everything's out out of place. Um, to, today you look at it in the, like the fifties sets where he's back in the fifties looks out of place as well as the futuristic sets look out of place mm -hmm. because they look as dated as the fifties. So, but anyway, the, a good story and good acting always wins. Yeah. Okay. That's all we're going to talk about in terms of inane babble. We've got some news that we'll probably ignore. Uh, but <laughs> first, uh, this is, we're going to do just a whole uh, a news thing, and and this is something that's been talked about on on every other podcast, probably better. Uh, so go listen to those first, um, and then and we're going to talk about the it, the current uh, state uh, California Senate bill. So being 
from uh, Texas, uh, Georgia, and Montana. None of us. Uh, this have- is actually U.S. in it. I'm sorry. It is. Yeah. I'm sorry. It. I. I mis- was mistaken. There's two California senators, but it's the U.S. Senate. Right. Okay. So this is. Uh. It's two California senators putting this out. Uh. Diane Feinstein is the 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 big name on it. Um. And right now it's. Uh. Actually, it's out of draft. Uh. uh the the articles that we point to talk about it being in in draft stat- status, but it's actually out of draft. Uh. This week. Um. And it's going to. Uh. There's a good chance it's not going to get out of committee. There are a lot of people. People who are already uh, saying that they're going to fight against it, including President Obama, who says he won't sign it. But wh- why I wanted to talk about it is because I think it's a great example of what what the t- show title is: uh, institutionalized ignorance. I'm not blaming um, these senators for not knowing their technology. I- I'm truly not. It's their they that's not their job. They don't have to know technology. But when when ignorance becomes the law. Um, is when bad things happen. So uh, Diane Feinstein and Rick uh, Richard Burr um, are pushing to have this this bill, and so uh, we're just going to talk about it. I, we've got a couple of links in the notes. Uh, uh, one of them is straight from the the Senate.gov website where it's uh, Diane Feinstein uh, presenting it, and uh, then we've got a TechCrunch article giving their things about it, and we'll probably have some others before uh, it's all said and done. But um, I just want to give you a, a brief recap of what it is, and then we'll discuss it. So, uh, the the simple fifty thousand foot view uh, of it is this bill would require anybody who sells a hardware or software solution of any kind, or anybody who possesses hardware or software of any kind. So pretty much everybody on the planet at this point. So it's 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 vendors, it's middleware providers, it's uh, uh, common carriers. This includes uh, the cable companies, uh, uh, the telecom companies, and the end user. At any point, if any of those people are handed a legal writ from the government, they must decrypt data. Uh, and the words they use is uh, provide, provide an intelligible form of the data because encrypted, it's unintelligible. So at any point, anybody given a government subpoena must give unencrypted data when asked. On the surface, that seems pretty reasonable. Um, if you're ignorant, and and I don't mean that to be an insult. Please please understand. I'm using ignorant in the true sense of the term as uneducated, un, uh, not knowledgeable. If you're ignorant about how encryption works, that sounds perfectly reasonable. If a through the proper due process of law, somebody is given a legal writ from the government that says we demand you give us unencrypted data, you must do so. That's what this law says in its purest form. That makes sense. Until you understand that being able to comply with this raw law completely breaks encryption at its fundamental core. Mm-hmm. What do you guys have to think about that, Seth? Well, no, I totally agree with you. You know, and of course, they couch it in the we've got to be able to find terrorists who want to kill Americans. And it's for the children. And, you know, you're a commie if you don't like it. All the standard, you know, Internet buzzwords are in there. But I totally agree because... 
if I sell you this door, if I sell you a house and I say, you know, here's the only set of keys to the front door, but there's a, there's another door in the house that you can't find. And you got to trust me that I'm never going to let anyone else use this key to come in that door unless they're supposed to. The problem is you either have to have a hundred thousand passwords that are one time use somehow, because once that password gets used one time, whoever entered it knows that password and then and then that password will get out you can't update the software very easily you know and then you've lost it and then it becomes the same thing as having no security and the fact that they say you know you can tell they don't know what they're talking about because she talks about how we've got to build good security and that's you know basically you're entitled to good security because you're an american citizen blah 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 but there has to be a way for people to get around and i'm like well you're entitled to good security but this law bars you from having it is what this law says i totally agree with you um somebody who doesn't know thinks this is a very good article probably right and the funny thing is you know when you when you read it or when when you hear the title that that you just said Seth it it immediately for anybody who knows what encryption's for and it, it, the whole thought that here's your here's your security and your encryption and all that but we're going to have a way to get around it is an oxymoron there's no such thing so i just can't believe that this is even i mean i can understand why the politicians don't understand what this is. It's not their job to know what this is. It's the people under them. But even they don't have a clue if they let something like this through. So I'm going to read from you from the discussion draft, page 7, um, starting with line 12. Uh, it's, it describes the, the covered entity. Uh, it says, the term covered entity means a device manufacturer, a software manufacturer, an electronic communication service, a remote computing service, a provider of wire or electronic communication service, a provider of remote computing service, or any person who provides a product or method to facilitate a communication or the processing of storage of data. So pretty much anybody, if uh, anybody who sells you, so that's everybody I misspoke and said that includes the the owner of the device. That's actually the only person include, uh, disclude, uh, not included. What's the word I'm looking for? Excluded. That's the word uh, from the covered entity. So this law doesn't actually affect me as the person who holds the phone. Unless you developed your own encryption software, right. okay. then it would include you. Yeah. Uh, or which, if you installed encryption software on it. That would include you too, then, because you're the one who did it. Well, mm -hmm. I, I, it's not the service. Okay, so that could be argued the service provider. But what that means now is that um, the device, assuming I'm talking about a phone, it could be anything, but I'm just going to use my phone as an example. Uh, my Motorola phone, Motorola needs to have a key to dis, uh, to unencrypt my data. AT and T needs to have a key to unencrypt my data. Google needs to have a key to unencrypt my data. The open the the Google AOSP project that open source project needs to have a key to unencrypt my data. The manufacturer of the SIM card I don't even know who it is that's in my phone that Motorola bought needs to have a key to unencrypt my data. That's all the people that need to have a key in order to comply with this law. Holy crap! Yeah, and the the funny thing is, how many of those companies are not even United States companies? So you're putting a burden upon foreign entities, which we know is not going to work because all the guys who care 
are going to buy their phones from OnePlus One who can't, who are not going to be forced into this. I mean, well, that, only that's if you, a neat thing. Only if your service provider isn't in the in the country. Yeah, that too. So you'd have to have uh, a service provider not in the country, made by a handset manufacturer not in the country, using all components not manufactured in the country, and using software not um, housed, uh, whose main entity is not housed anywhere in the country. Mm -hmm. But if they do business anywhere in the country, then they would be, you know, it would get them and you know unless the goal of this article is to make america a second class economy you know uh, people are going to want to be here because we still for at least another couple of days have the biggest economy in the world um you know but bills like this are well on their way to killing it so i don't know maybe that's the goal maybe uh maybe they're tired of our prosperity there's a good political theory uh conspiracy <laughs> theory for you today so I'm going to I'm going to break this down read again starting with line 12 on on page 7 covered entity the term covered entity means a device manufacturer again talking about my phone Motorola an electronic communication service all right so that's AT&T who I get my mobile broadband from uh, also Comcast who I get my data from um whoever else if I'm at Starbucks on their Wi-Fi mm-hmm. they're at that point an electronic communication service uh, when I when I go to McDonald's and it connects to the, the hotspot there, they now have to be able to d- uh, unencrypt my phone. Uh, a provider of wire or electronic communication service. So not only does McDonald's have to, but whoever provides McDonald's hardline connection that my Wi-Fi phone is connected to, they have to be able to unencrypt the data on my device. Provider of a remote computing service. So Gmail. It's a remote computing service. They need to be able to, to unencrypt my data, which they already can. Uh, but if I have anything stored there, if I have a zip, uh, a, a drive, uh, a zip file that's encrypted on my Google Drive, they have to be able to break that in order to, to fix this law. Any person who provides a product or method to facilitate a communication or the processing or storage of data, any person who facilitates the processing or storage of data, meaning you, the part-time tech who works on weekends helping uh, people with their computers, you are now a service provider facilitating the communication, processing, or storage of data. You now must be able to unencrypt all data on all devices. My screen breaks, and I take it to Bob's phones and stuff so that he can fix the phone. He is facilitating the processing and storage of data. He has to be able to unencrypt my device if given a court order. Wow. This is so sweeping. Those 10 lines there pretty much eliminate the possibility of having privacy. Pretty much. Pretty much. In in one full swoop, they have crippled any form of permanent security on in, in any form. Because this would not only tie to phones, but it would also tie to computers. Yeah, laptops. Yep, laptops, tablets, uh, even the, the cheap throwaway burner phones. USB sticks. You know, my PNY USB stick that I carry with PNY, if given a court order, has to be able to unencrypt my USB stick. So I guess the only way out of this is to buy a bunch of stuff now and get TrueCrypt on it because you would be grandfathered in. You know, this software was made before and it's dead. So I don't know. I don't know. And and I I want to focus on the fact that this really makes a lot of sense. If you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it does. Um, 
Because, yeah, why wouldn't I, if my phone, if I'm arrested for anything, whatever the infraction, and my phone happens to be at Bob's phones and stuff getting the screen uh, repaired, and the police know that, why shouldn't the police be able to go and tell Bob's phones and stuff, we need you to unencrypt this? That makes sense. But the problem is, if for Bob's phones and stuff to be able to do it, there has to be some sort of universal backdoor that anybody can get into. The fact that these 10 lines list literally billions of people across the planet, and that's not an exaggeration. I know I'm prone to exaggeration, but reading these in the most expansive terms possible, there's like a billion people that would qualify as somebody who, who given the, the, the right court, uh, court order, would have to be able to unencrypt my, my phone, which means if they can do it when there's a court order, they can do it when there's not a court order. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the thing that they don't understand. If, if Apple, if, uh, and, and, and these guys, they all have either Blackberries or Apple phones. They don't know that there are other people that make other devices. They don't understand. And they're just thinking if a criminal, if I uh, take a criminal's iPhone, I should be able to take it to Apple and, and get them to break it. I'm sure that this came about directly as a result of the, the legal battle going on a little while ago between the, the state department and Apple. Um, and, and they're like, well, we need to fix this. We need to close this loophole. We need to make sure that Apple can do it, but they've written it in such a broad term that anybody now has to have, or, or face penalty. At this point, you become a felon, Bob's phones and stuff, if you can't break the encryption on my phone. And, you know, that's just ridiculous. Um, besides the burden of, of implementing such a, a sweeping change, you know, they're breaking their own neck in this particular thing because then all the state secrets would go away too. Because anything, you know, in order for them to comply with that law, all of their devices would be prone to this and you know not not to say that it wouldn't happen but could you imagine if this law did go into place what would happen if say the 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 terrorist got the key oh forget about it you know it, it, game over yeah definitely um just starting with uh, what's on uh, Feinstein's uh, Senate website uh, it begins with a quote from uh Richard Burr says, I have long believed that data is too insecure, and we feel strongly that consumers have a right to seek solutions that protect their information, which involves strong encryption. I do not believe, however, that those solutions should be above the law. So it all makes perfect sense. We have the right to security, but the law has more right to or the right to nullify that security. Do let's just address that. I'm going to ask the question of you first, Chris. Chris, do you believe that the federal government, in this case the U.S. government or, or any government, has the right to um, override your desire for privacy? No, I don't think so. On the simple fact that it's it's my privacy. What I do in my, you know, the the common thread has always been what's done in your own home should stay in your own home. You know, that's that's been a common thing that everyone has stouted for the years and years and years. Why is it now changing? Just because it's going from a, f- a physical thing in your house to a portable thing in your hand. Okay. Seth, same question. I plead the fifth. Okay. So, I mean, I think that privacy has to trump the law because of the Fifth Amendment to the Constitution. It's yeah. built into the law that privacy, you know, okay, 
currently the law says the government cannot compel you to give a passcode, but they can compel you to give a fingerprint. So because if you give a passcode, then you have incriminated yourself. You know, if I've, you know, if I've got plans how to nuke the entire world except Texas and, you know, giving you the passcode proves those plans, then I have the right to plead the fifth. So, you know, or if I just have downloaded every cat video off of YouTube and stored it on a flash drive, I have the right to plead the fifth and not allow you to see that. And then it would be up to you to figure out a way around the security, hence the backdoor or quote unquote golden key, which is another name for backdoor, just like fee is another name for tax. But it comes down to I have the right to not incriminate myself. And if I choose to encrypt my data, then I have the right to privacy that I have to voluntarily give up. And thus, in our law, the Constitution was written to guarantee that privacy trumps the law. Okay. You're both wrong, and let me tell you why. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> uh, first off, let me apologize for the hiss that you're hearing. That is a shower being run above me, and that's the the downsides of being in a basement there with pipes running over your head. Um, so, Chris, to use your example, what goes on in your home stays in your home. Well, if what goes on in your home is murdering people, that you don't have a right to to keep that in your home. And we have a mechanism in place for that. It's called right. the search warrant. The exactly. search warrant is, I trump your privacy. I, the government, with this piece of paper, with this writ from the judge, trump your right to privacy. I'm coming in. That is that is in law. That is that is the law of the land has been for two hundred years. And personally, I'm okay with that. I think that's perfectly appropriate. So yeah. your your uh, Fifth Amendment thing, while inspired, doesn't apply here because the only people exempt from this law, this uh, act that they're calling the Compliance with Court Orders Act of 2016, um, is the individual. So you're not self-incriminating. They want to be able to give a search warrant to one of these third parties. So that's their way around that. The Fifth Amendment doesn't apply because you're not um, self-incriminating. Somebody else is responding to a search warrant. All sure. that, doc, that that Dianne Feinstein wants out of this is a digital search warrant. It's perfectly reasonable and logical. What isn't, however, is possible. And that's what they don't understand. Yeah. You cannot have a digital search warrant and have encryption. And this opening sentence, I have long believed that data is too insecure. <laughs> and I feel strongly that consumers have a right to seek solutions that protect their information, which involves strong encryption. I do not believe, however, that those solutions should be above the law. That That is a complete ignorance and lack of understanding that the, the first part of that statement and the second part of that statement completely counteract one another. I believe that people have the right to privacy unless I give them a search warrant, is what they said there. I, I, I believe that there should be a search warrant, and the search warrant should, should extend to digital data. But you can't. It's not possible. Um, because the way encryption works is that if anybody can, and if anybody but you, Seth, to, to, to use your argument, can decrypt the phone, there is no such thing as encryption. It's just not encryption if anybody but you can, can decrypt it. And that's where Seth, you're right. The Fifth Amendment comes in. the 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 right to uh uh, uh not be self to, to the 
I've lost it. Uh, the term for it. the the protection from self incrimination is what the Fifth Amendment is. So, yeah, but uh, the way it. this or go ahead, finish off. Well, sorry. just to, to for those who you know, for our friend in South Africa that doesn't know what the Fifth Amendment says, uh, it says that uh, U.S. citizens are protected from self incrimination. They may not. They cannot be forced by by a law uh, for a legal by a legal agency or government action or anybody to incriminate themselves they cannot they cannot uh, be forced to give a confession they don't want to give they cannot be forced to answer any question they don't want to answer and the, and the way the, the the response to that is I plead the Fifth Amendment I invoke my right not to self-incriminate I will not answer that question because doing so would incriminate me that is a right uh, since the beginning, since you know a couple of hundred years ago when the Bill of Rights was put into place, that we as, of America, as Americans have believe are important. Other countries don't have that. There's no such thing as a right uh, to, uh, to not self-incriminate. Uh, we in America, we believe that pretty strongly unless the incrimination happens to be stuff on, on a phone. And then we don't think it applies. All right, so Seth, you were saying. Okay. According to the way this is written, if I developed encryption software myself and I encrypted the phone to protect my data, I have to supply them with a key. That's a good that point. Be, so, in effect, they have violated my right to the Fifth Amendment. That, that's definitely so, an edge case there, and you could certainly make yep. that argument. Um, uh, and and you could say to extend expand that a little on if you have contributed in any way to any of the open source code that's on your phone including correcting the spelling uh, on a documentation <laughs> you now <laughs> apply for pro uh, protection under the 5th amendment using Seth's argument i like it Seth i'm going to start yeah. uh, i'm going to start com uh, making commits to S uh, to open ssl right now i'm just going <laughs> to give a dollar via paypal i'm going to donate once <laughs> oh there you go which we already have, by the way, and we did it using your funds. So if any of you have ever supported uh, Element OP Productions, uh, we have given money to the OpenSSL Foundation. So you're covered. You are, and in fact, um, uh, a developer of that software. At least in f so, a form. <laughs> yeah. So there you, I mean, I just, it, again, it's, it, you know, and the thing I don't like about this, this is going to be like SOPA. You know, there was a huge outrage. No, no, no. We're turning the internet black, blah, blah, blah. So we killed it. Well, we're going to change the name and reintroduce the exact same thing. And, oh, come on, guys. Don't do that. Okay, fine. We want. We'll change the name again and reintroduce the exact same thing. Nobody says anything. Right. And so, it's now the law of the land. Yep. Yeah. Because because idiots are in charge. And idiots put them in charge. So, you know, <laughs> we're getting what we deserve. So, now, having said all of that. Let's be constructive. How do we help? I, I I am a strong supporter of law enforcement. Seth, I know that you are. You you were a, a junior explorer. You you rode around with police officers, literally helped them do their job, learned about it. Chris, I know you well enough to know that you support the boys in blue. We want to help law enforcement. How can we do that? How can we help law enforcement without breaking fundamental encryption? Any ideas? Anyone? Uh, no, because the math is too strong. You mm -hmm. know, there's nothing we can do. The, the genie's out of the bottle. I, I got nothing. I don't know. I mean, I, there's, un, you know, hypothetically, yes, the government should have a way to do it, but practicality says if they can, 
you know, it's like we're it's like if you have a company and every one of your email addresses start with company name underscore something, then all you've done is wasted space because that doesn't help the sorting. You know, you know, I'm going to have a company and I'm going to call it the best burger ever. And my help mail help desk email address is going to be the best burger ever underscore help desk. My VP of sales is going to be best burger score ever under V score VP of sales. Then in I've wait, I've negated that. And I had a point. And it went out the window, and I don't know what it was. <laughs> I was but wondering where you, you were going with that. So, so am I, and <laughs> so is the rest of the world. But you can't do it well. I, I, I don't want to say you can't. I don't know how you could do it. I don't think so, it's physically possible. You know, honestly, because of the fact that the math is out, it's been proven. You, we would have to, we would have to find a way to make the math allow it, and I don't think there's a way to do it. But I don't well, know math well enough to do it. Well, even if you do, you have now fundamentally invalidated encryption. encryption as it is. Yep. Because somebody else will figure out that special key that will unlock the package. Yeah. Quick, name a, a government that has not had any sort of data breach. Okay. Name a company that has never <laughs> had any sort of data breach. Uh, again. <clears throat> <laughs> I can't think of any because I don't think there is any. You know, that I think every company and every government has had some form of a data breach, be it online or in person. Because how many times did we hear about dead drops and spy movies and all that stuff? A lot of that stuff is fake, but there's a lot of it that's truth. So... And even if we figured out some way of, okay, this, the keys will be delivered to this address and it's going to be under lock and key and there's going to be a closed circuit camera on the door that the entire world can have access to or whatever, you know, then the guy who goes in there to do it legally has been paid by some crime boss to have a camera in his contact lens and then he captures the key and then it's out of the box. So even if you can, from a ones and zeros binary point, do it. It is impossible to do it from a human standpoint because humanity is still the weakest link in security. So the way to do it is we need to develop AI. AI could do it. So let's develop AI and put them in charge of encryption. <laughs> we'll make sure we give them guns, too, while we're at it. Yeah, might and, as well. You know, just, at that point, I'll just you might pull as this well. Out of the, yeah, I'll just pull this out of the air and say, why don't we call it Skynet? Because it will be there to watch over us. <laughs> hello so, machine overlords i accept you please don't turn me into a big puddle of boo just remember <laughs> i suggested you let me live <laughs> so the the way and and the part of the problem with this is I, I consider myself a fairly articulate communicator i can generally take a complex uh concept and break it down in a way that is simplified but understandable I cannot in this scenario because there are no analogs. There, there's nothing that is like what encryption is. It, it is unique unto itself, and you either understand it or you don't. And I, I don't pretend to understand all of it, but I well, understand the basic precepts of it. And so you can't say that this law is like saying there's a safe that everybody can have a key to because that's not at all what it is. Yeah, no, it, I was going to say it's close to like the safety deposit box idea where the bank has a key and you have a key, but that only works for one transaction because then the key disappears. 
and that is even very good. That right. no, <laughs> my head hurts. <laughs> and so again, I I just want to say I understand the concept of wanting a digital search warrant. I get that. I do. I really, really do. But and we kind of really want you to have that type of idea, but not at this point of sacrificing our privacy. And if it weren't for that pesky Fifth Amendment that that Seth uh, hid behind, this wouldn't be an issue because you just compel the person to give their password under yep. penalty of 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 punishment. You know, if you don't give me your password, you're going to to go to solitary confinement for fifty years. Okay, I think I'll give you my password. Um, but we can't do that because it's literally part of our constitution. That's what an amendment is. We have amended the constitution to say that this is part of the founding document of our country that you cannot be required to do that. So this is, this is some uh, way to try to get around to get a digital search warrant that doesn't uh, impinge upon the fifth amendment protection. But the only way to do that is to completely destroy encryption, which frankly, I'm all, I'm not really all that worried about. Just just come out and, and call it what it is. We want to say there's no such thing as encryption. We want to say there's no such thing as privacy right. or the illusion of privacy. And and I would be, of course, I would not, uh, would, would not vote for that because I believe privacy has its place. For example, uh, government aside, um, when I am transacting with my bank, that is a private transaction. Nobody else needs to have access to my funds or, or to even have knowledge of it. If I spent, you know, $50 on, on jelly donuts, that's nobody's business but the banker and the donut maker. Because those are those people who I have chosen to have that relationship with. The government doesn't have any place in that. But having said all of that, I would be okay with saying the, the government has to, uh, that, that people have to divulge that to the government. And we have that. <laughs> it's called subpoenas. Mm-hmm. You can subpoena the bank and you can subpoena the donut maker and you could put them on the stand and you could say, tell us how much money he spent and how many donuts he bought. That That is that is the method that we have right now. You don't have to break any encryption to do it. You just have to subpoena the people on the other end. The problem is when they're foreign nationals, you can't subpoena or when they're criminals, who wouldn't respond to a subpoena. So this is all about trying to get people who aren't following the law to follow the law in spite of themselves. I get it, but it just doesn't work. Hey, there's already 17 laws addressing this, but let's make 18 because no criminal will break 18 laws. They might break 17, (laughs) but if there was just one more, that would make us all safe. Because it's for the children. It's it's for the children. Don't don't you love children? And and of course, the first thing they go is terrorists blowing up Americans and kiddie porn. Yep. To to your point, those are the, the let's go there. We have to prevent kitty porn. Therefore, we have to prevent private conversations between Mark and his bank. That's what this law says. This proposed well, it, law. I wouldn't even say the, you and your bank. You know, the the same thing can be said about a transaction between you and me. You know, if we're exchanging money for whatever reason, no one needs to know about that but you and me. Not even money. I mean, secret love notes. Right. Yeah, that too. If, if Chris and I are in the closet and Woo-hoo. we're having a toured internet affair, that's nobody's freaking business. Well, maybe the wives might have a problem with it. No, of course they don't need to know. They're the last people that need to know. So, I mean, that's my whole point. That's where privacy has its its purpose. Uh, but Because people, ordinary humans carrying on ordinary transactions, 
have a right. We, we that's that's a word we throw around a lot in the country in this country, but we we truly do have a right to have private conversations with one another. That that is that has been codified in law in the U.S. That that Americans are allowed to speak with other Americans, and if it, if it's an American speaking with a non-American with a foreign national or a foreign national uh, speaking with a foreign national, the right the laws don't apply to them anyway. So there's already laws, like you said, Seth, that that govern this. If if a foreign terrorist communicating with another foreign terrorist happens to use an American cell phone uh, company, they're not bound by those rights at all. So there's already laws. There's already ways to go about it, but it's too hard. <laughs> we want it to be easy. We want to be able to just push the 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 go directly to jail, do not pass go button, and get all of this stuff laid out before us. I'm sorry, law enforcement. I appreciate you. I truly do. But your job is sometimes hard. And this is a case where you just have to suck it up and accept that your job is hard. Everyone's job is hard. Get used to it. And, you know, will Americans be murdered by terrorists without this? Yes. Will Americans Americans be be murdered murdered with terrorists with this? Yes. Yes. If it passes, you know, it's not going to change. I'm not going to say it's not going to change anything. It's not going to eliminate. There will not be 100% security when you eliminate privacy 100%. So that's the thing. You're 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 completely breaking privacy in the hopes of lowering the ratio of evil. Yeah, you are you're making it so the good guys cannot protect themselves because the bad guys are going to break the law anyway. Exactly. And so, you know, let's make it so the let's make it so the law abiding people can't defend themselves and you know it's, it's uh <laughs> now it do, it does look like this is dead. On arrival, but it has started a conversation that is not going to die. To Seth's point earlier, this yep. will come back again and again, not because people are evil, but because they're clueless. It's institutionalized ignorance. These people who make laws will have no idea the implication of those laws, and and those of us who vote for those people, we continually vote for ignorant people because. It's not possible to vote in an expert on everything that we want. You know, there are 100 senators in this country. And if we wanted every senator to be an expert on everything that would need to be an expert, an expert in education, an expert of technology, an expert in business, an expert in environmental science, it's not possible. Yeah, I'm only one person, people. Where are we going to find the other (laughs) Well, that was the idea for the cabinet, right? Or not just the cabinet, but the the congressman's advisors is that the, he, right. they're, he's supposed to farm that off to everybody underneath him, and then the the smarts come up when he requests it. But the fact that this thing is coming out of committee clearly indicates that's not happening. Exactly. That I mean, a whole bunch of people looked at this and said, "Well, it makes sense to me." Mm-hmm. And, and again, you, you know, it goes back to their, let's do this rough draft, people. Let's just brainstorm. And then it gets to the end. And okay, who has a problem with this? The one guy who says, um, hello, let me tell you why this is, you know, technically impossible. And then he's looking for a job the next day. You know, I mean, bureaucracy, it's institutionalized incompetence. Um, it's that exact, feeds you know, itself. That it that, that yeah. it will sit there and feed the incompetence because they don't want to t- step on toes and they don't want to lose their jobs. You know, that's that's the other side that comes up is the people that do speak up constantly are the ones that usually get hit on the head and out the door they go. Yep. 
You know, there was a uh, a TV show that I really enjoyed called The Unit, uh, my kind of TV. I liked it, not for everyone, but it involves um, it involved a covert military group. And, you know, of course, the wives are there at home while the husbands are off at war. And they're having problems because they can't make ends meet on their enlisted person's salary. And so the general's wife, who's in charge of the home group, she has no clue because they make a lot of money until she got voted out of her little office. Then she realized there was a problem. And so it's like, these people are clueless. Diane Feinstein, I'm sure she's a very intelligent person, you know, probably has a very high IQ, but when it comes to this, this bill proves she's clueless. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Richard Burr, same way. This bill proves he doesn't know what he's talking about in this area, either that, or he's trying to do a snow job. So, you know, I'm going to vote he's incompetent in this area because I don't want to, you know, I would hope the other one isn't the case, but he doesn't know what he's talking about. And we need people to stand up and say, you don't know what you're talking about. And and let's say this passes again. I don't think it will, but I think it's going to come back. This would be. really smart people would try to would have to figure out how to even implement this. I don't know how you would do it. I don't know how each of those people along that step has a unique and and singular access to encrypted data. That that math doesn't work, Chris. It's just yeah. it's it's not it doesn't work that way. There's no way to do that. So it would be an unenforceable, unimplementable law. To, so that you could not have encryption. And that's what they're not understanding. They're saying, we just need to be able to break the encryption when it's appropriate. That makes so much sense, except that it just doesn't work that way. It's like saying, we just need water to be dry and fire to be cold. That's all we're asking for. We just need dry water. Why yeah, won't you give us dry water? That sounds about like what they're asking for, because I don't think it's even... Besides, you know, I mean... <sighs> It's just not possible. I, I don't see how it, it would be financially even possible if by forcing a company to do this, could I, that the code that that would have they would have to come up with would be immense just to try and figure out a way to do like a rotating Google thumb key, you know, where the, there's a random number generator somewhere that the CEO has that automatically will encrypt and do something. But that to have something like that set up would just be for every company and the planet is just unreasonable well so the, the really the way it would work out is there would be some um centralized institution most likely governmental that would have the golden key and they would sell access to the golden key to bob's phones and stuff and bob's phones and stuff would have to subscribe at several thousand dollars a year to this service to be able to be in compliance with the law so that they could call in and use the golden key so that's doable, but that's what it would end up happening. And instead of uh, nobody having um, singular access, there would be one person with all access. And surprise, surprise, that one person would just happen to be the U.S. government. Yep. And think of all the other companies that would be like, see you later. Because they would be able to do business here. Because they'd be in, out of compliance of the law. Mm-hmm. Talk about instantly killing off the economy. I I want to disagree with you, but I, there is no way to do that. I mean, you know, and, and well, and here's the other part. 
you're allowed to charge for the implementation of this. Right. So not only do I have, do you pay a monthly subscription fee because we don't sell software anymore. We lease it. You are also charged a monthly be able to break the encryption key on demand. You know, we won't call it that. We'll call it something like universal service fund. Uh, and it will just be tacked onto everything you buy hardware or software. You know, there's a 10% UFC tax. Um, you know, yeah, it, 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 it's going to make crap a lot more expensive and it's going to make crap crappier. We already have crappy crap. We're going to have crappier crappy crap that costs us more money. <laughs> so, hey, so to me a favor, say crap. Crap. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, so as I'm trying to construct what this would look like, and maybe maybe Diane Feinstein and Richard Burr are smarter than we're giving them credit for. Maybe they're this is this is what they want. Maybe they have a a uh, a company, uh, an, an an information security company, bending their ear to get them to write this, so that they could be like the post office, a a, a nationalized private uh, company that's privately owned, but but has exactly one client, which is the U.S. government, and that privately owned company would have all the golden keys to everything. And they would have a mandated fee, as you're saying, Seth, that that the, because this is so difficult and so expensive, uh, it's hard math and lots of servers. Uh, anybody who does any of these services, any telecommunications, any um, software uh, manufacturer, any hardware manufacturer, any electronic communication service, any provider of wire electronic communication service, any provider of remote computing services, any person who provides a product or method to facilitate a communication or processing or data uh, uh, of storage or data, any of these people would just have to pay us. So you now have this, this you know, digital post office that is, that is privately owned with exactly one customer but everybody has to pay a fee to them every year if they're in any one of these things. This is actually brilliantly devious now that I'm putting it all together. Now I get it. So it could be secure. It actually could be secure that only one person has the master key. And that one person is a privately owned company with exactly one client breaking in. The, the government's all obviously paying them to have the service because um, they're charging law enforcement every time they use it. And they're charging a fee for everybody in any of these fields to to use their database, lest they have to go through the the mathematical triage of doing it themselves. Since they couldn't possibly break the encryption on their own Bob's phones and stuff, they have to subscribe to this government uh, warehouse of data. So, my gosh. There are trillions of dollars to be made on this. No wonder this is being pushed through. Now it all makes sense. Yeah, and we haven't even talked in the bureaucratic creep that happens because, after all, we all know that the Social Security um, is only going to be 1% of your income. It is not going to be mandatory, <laughs> and it shall never be used for identification purposes. Those were all ironclad um, promises, promises mm -hmm. when it was created. and what we all know what that looks like today so this passes today and then tomorrow you know the government tells us what our passcode is uh, you know this That's stuff is scary. too hard your <laughs> password is 0179 for every device you have that's your password mm -hmm. that's that's a scary thought cuz i've I'm seen the government password some of the government passwords could you imagine <laughs> Your password is five five three three two four seven D. 
Yeah, and we're going to email you that. Yep. <laughs> in Your clear password text. password is password with the at symbol. <laughs> I, I, but, uh, you no, know, at I'm least not even there's gonna go somebody down. out there like Ron Wyden who's trying yeah, to block For the moment, it. yeah. And and again, the president himself has said that he, he will block this, but it's not going away. No. And I'm not a I'm not a tinfoil hat guy. I'm really not. And I swear to you, I did not plan that whole conspiracy thing. But as we were talking about it, all the tumblers locked in my brain and I began to see the big picture. Was, oh, now I get it. You just heard that discovery happen right there live on the show. Um and if I'm thinking of it now, surely somebody else has thought of it. Oh, and I'm now sure. I understand the impetus. Now I understand how ignorance can be institutionalized because there's trillions of dollars to be made from ignorant institutionalized ignorance. Yes. And what can we do about it though? There's only so much ire that you can that you can raise. As Seth said, the Sopa Pippa thing. That's now the law of the land. The thing that we all uh, argued against passed. Did you know that? Probably if you're not. listening to this show, you did know that because we mentioned it. But most people didn't know that because it happened quietly. It was tacked onto an appropriations bill at the bottom. Yep. But it's there. It's the law in the United States now. And we all have to file go by it. So welcome to fast laning. Wow, I'm. I'm <laughs> it's I'm, it's it's sickening, isn't it? When you start going down these roads, it just makes me want to just curl up and not not do anything because it's it's like the 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 end is here. Welcome to government mandated. You know, here's your number. Here's your job. I'm I'm not going to go that far because there are lots of other countries in the world that don't have the privacy protection that we have, and they get along just fine. So, you know, well, it's, yeah. it's not going to it's not going to be the end of civilization, but it will be the end of this country as it was founded. Yep. And and those are strong words, but take them at their literal sense. The Constitution is just that the foundational document. These people got together and said, this shall be the country. This is what it will look like. These are the rules that it will follow. These are the things it shall do. These are the things it must do. These are the things it shall not do. They wrote it all down. They formed a country based on this document. And we are fundamentally breaking at least two tenets of that document if this passes, when this passes in a new form. We are fundamentally changing the nature of our country. We are destroying what was and creating what is new. Maybe that's appropriate. Maybe you think that's the right thing to do. I'm not even going to argue that point. You need to understand that is what's happening, though. Some would say it's already happened. Yes. Well, it has in, in, in many ways. Yes. Wow. That's all I can say is just wow. Okay, I'm gonna take some Xanax and go to sleep now. I'm depressed. <laughs> okay, so I we can't do any news after that. We the Seth have us have some good this week in history to to bring the new the the mood up, please. Okay, this I came across this and I thought this was pretty cool. Um, April the twenty second. 1592 we're going way back in history mechanical calculator designer wilhelm schickard s-c-h-i-c-k-a-r-d um however you say that is born he is the creator of an early calculating machine um and he's born in germany he used wooden gears to build an adding machine in 1623 called the calculating clock that could add and subtract up to six digit numbers that happened this week in history low these many centuries ago 
Wow. Yeah. His that, birth, not the not the creation of the device, because yes, our records happy, don't indicate what day that was. Happy birthday yes. to the inventor of it. So That's the great, cool. great, 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 great grandfather of computing uh, was born today. That's pretty cool. Maybe a few more greats. That's a contemporary with Gutenberg. I mean, that's right around the same time in history. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, that's the birth of mechanization. Gutenberg mechanized um, print, and this guy mechanized adding. Uh, wow. <laughs> Happy 400th birthday. Very cool. Glad, to ha- glad you did your thing. <laughs> um, man, I don't even... That's that's so amazing. We 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 use the phrase "stood on the shoulders of giants." We we really did. Babbage wasn't the father of modern computing. Schickard was. Well, and Schickard was like Babbage's <laughs> yeah. great great grandfather intellectually, maybe. Good stuff. All right, so this is the part of the show where I tell you how you can feed back to us. Am I full of it? Well, I think we kind of know that already. But give me some specifics. Go to elementop.com, click the Contact Us button at the top of the page. That gives you a nicely formatted form after you answer the world's hardest CAPTCHA uh, that will uh, send an email that gets priority in my in-basket. Lest you think I am filtering uh, the communications and you want to send email to all three of us simultaneously so that my evil tyrannical sensors can't get to it, you can send an email to geekrant at elementop.com com and that will, will go to all three of us or if you would like your voice to appear right here alongside mine you can call 559 am leave us a voicemail on our google voice line and we'll play it on the show i i am truly interested to hear what you have to say we tried to be even-handed and fair about this um some will think we we weren't uh, mean enough and some will think we were too mean i truly want to hear what you have to say about both of them um is there a way are you smarter than i am probably uh, but do you know a way to have a digital search warrant that protects safety. Let us know. Let the world know. We're all waiting. Yeah, no kidding. Um, That'd be a million dollar idea if you did. A million dollars yeah. in a week. Yep. Or do you have the company we can buy into on the ground floor? There Either one of those will work. <laughs> <laughs> I um, like it. So let us know. Uh, this this was uh, this was news today. It was one news show, but uh, if if there's other stuff that you'd like us to talk about, let us know. Again, as I've said so many times, this is listener programmed radio or podcasting. Tell us what you think, and uh, there's a good chance we'll talk about it. Um, and uh, I think I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, except for, of course, we have to have Seth's show closing spectacular. Seth, take us out on a on a high note. All right. I wish I had like reverb or something on my voice. Press the space bar 2000, 1000, 1000. Um, that is the website. Uh, the link is in the show notes, Zim, dash co, whatever. Um, press start and then choose your time duration and click that space bar, baby. See what you can do. How to play. Select the time frame, 5, 10, or 20 seconds. Countdown starts. Upon pressing the space bar for the first time. See how many times you can hit the space bar in the time you've selected. Hmm. Did five seconds, and my best so far has been 37. 37 times in a second. Um, five seconds. Five seconds, to yeah. see your score. I just got 36. My first try. I think I'd be at an advantage because my keyboard has two space bars. It could uh, be thirty-eight, and I was doing the two the two finger alternating, da, 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 and mm-hmm. that's how I got thirty-eight. I can only do thirty-two, thirty-three with one finger only. 
So there you go. That will lower your productivity at work and make me seem like a better hire. It truly will. Now, everybody's going to be, what's your best? I, I remember one time, um, my first official like professional job, I was doing income taxes for H&R Block. And me and the other guy were sitting in the office. It was early in the tax season, so nobody came in. And we would go to the command prompt, and we would type in the word time, and then we would hit enter time enter and see how fast uh, <laughs> see the difference in time to see who could do it the quickest and so we were in there you know because you get you type out the word time and then when you hit enter it displays it again so you get ready and then you do enter time enter and then just as fast as you can and see the prompt and you know who who could do it fastest <laughs> and um, because literally you know this is back before um it was stuff was really computer anonymized and so nobody got their w-2s till the end of the month and so whenever the office opened on january 2nd nobody's in there so there's only a couple of people in there because you couldn't have just one person and what, what are you going to do you know that's <laughs> If only hit press the space bar 2000 had been around back then. No kidding. Yep. All right. Uh, that's it. I'm calling it time of death, 8.53 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thanks for hanging out with us, folks. We look forward to seeing you next week. That ends it for this episode of The Geek Rant. Mm-hmm.